usually I started off by having the guest kind of introduce themselves, um, let the listeners know who they are. And um, I think it's even more important in this case because it's very easy to have a perspective on you um, that's, you know, shaped by what other people say. But if you want to introduce yourself um, for the listeners, please. Hi, everyone. I am happy you found time to listen to me. My name is Sheila, and I'm known for many things. Often, I have been interpreted by all. Each one sees me as in their own image. And it, it is so, and I'm not bothered by it, nor am I charmed by it. So feel free to feel the way you feel about me. You cannot offend me or upset me with it. Absolutely. And um, see, I, I read you said this, when you come across something profound, you have to change yourself. And a lot of people are unwilling to look inside of them and be introspective at a level where they highlight their flaws, their um, discrepancies. And um, before we even dive deeper into that, just to contextualize this uh, for those that are not aware of uh, your significance and who you are, um, I'd recommend several documentaries on Netflix, Wild Wild Country, and Finding Sheila, which is from your perspective, and your books, um, uh, By My Own Rules, which just came out, your latest book. I would recommend the listeners check those out and then come back to this episode because I want to primarily focus on your ability to lead. And over the years, I mean, when you started, you, you've led and created, you led and created a very powerful and organized system and organization I want to ask you, where do you think your desire and motivation to lead came from? From love. In love, I was offered this opportunity to be Bhagwan's secretary, to work in his life stream. I loved him so that thought of no never occurred to me. And I assume Bhagwan was looking for someone who was not going to interfere in his plan, someone who will accept his guidance and move forward at his speed. So that's where I learned to be a leader. He guided me because I had no knowledge of being a leader, never imagined I would be a leader. And yet I was 
put in this position by him. So I looked at myself and said, well, if he thinks I'm good enough, I must have that potential. And I have to bring out my own potential. So what were some of the lessons then? Like in the way that he guided you, what were some of the things that he, um, you know, empowered you with? He empowered me with courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid from failure. Go forward. Burn the bridges behind. And trust. Love I already had. Mm -hmm. To trust him in love came with his confidence in me. And it was this confidence he had in me that strengthened my back and held my back upright. Bhagwan was not the only one who gave me this strength, but my own parents. They were very proud of me that Bhagwan gave me this opportunity. And they absolutely felt that I must have the qualities for men like Bhagwan to choose me. Did you ever feel pressure? Oh, that is normal. Bhagwan has a project in mind. It should have been already finished last year. Mm. <laughs> that was his way of moving us slow speed people. And that pressure that I felt in the moment when I first listened to the project, it was an old reaction on my part probably. <laughs> Because I had never imagined I can do this mammoth job that I did. Mm -hmm. And then for a moment, doubt comes in. Will I be able to do it? And this very moment, Bhagwan would release me from tension by saying, you just follow me. Sila, you do as I tell you to do. Okay. Then I had no problem with it. The support and just knowing that someone like him is there as a resource to guide you, to rely on. Yeah. But in terms of the strategy, because creating an organization that was as large as... Um, first, what's the correct term to describe the organization would you call it Rajneeshpur? commune, commune? Uh, community commune 
Radnish community, okay. Raj, uh, Radnish commune. Uh, we even created a city, Radnishpuram. So call however you want to. I just want to use the correct term. And also like for the listeners that are that have no awareness of this particular subject, if we could just take it back just a little bit and contextualize it even more. Um, um, Bhagwan or Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh was a spiritual leader who emerged and uh, started in India with his practices. And if you want to explain kind of when you got introduced and what the current state of the, the, the organization was at the time. I met Bhagwan at a very young age through my father. My father felt what I can learn from this man in a short time would be worth many, many lifetimes. And he was 100% right. When I met Bhagwan, Bhagwan was in Bombay, his last year uh, in Bombay, last uh, year and a half in Bombay. Then he moved to Pune. And in Pune, he wanted that his people can start living and working around him. We had no idea at that time what he had in his mind, what he was working towards. But he later on, after a couple of years later at that time, he started talking about a new commune. And this new commune was supposed to be for his followers, his disciples to live together, work together and meditate together in harmony where there are no religion, no race, no creed, no nations exist. Remove all those barriers and live in harmony and meditate. He wanted to create what he called it a Buddha field through meditation, positive energy in my simple language, because I'm non-spiritual. <laughs> I've heard that as well, <laughs> which I was going right. to do you think? Do you think you're, because you obviously are very, calculated and very um you know logical in your approach and we've seen that through um you know by the fact that you created such a large commune in in antelope uh, primarily but what do you think allowed you to act in terms of love or from love but not seek that spiritual connection or seek to be enlightened as they say First, I want to correct you on the issue of calculation. Okay. I was never calculative. Okay. And even today, I'm not. People think when you are engaged in a job like that, you have to be calculated. My calculation was only Bhagwan. 
how he presented to me, I presented further. Spirituality, I had no interest in from day one. I didn't even engage myself in such thoughts. Young people like you think a lot more than me when I was young. When I met Bhagwan, I was simply in love. Simply in love. Whatever that brings me near to him, I was ready to do. If it may be work, then I'm ready to do work. If it may be cleaning toilets, I'm ready to clean toilets. I just want to be in his fragrance. So what was so powerful about it then that made you want to be in his fragrance? The love I felt. And it was out of this world. If death would have come in that moment, my life was complete. There was nothing missing in my life. And I was ready for it also. The way I see, I saw being in love with him, I saw life and death become one. And then I had no fear either. But what was like, because um, I'd imagine, you know, feeling that love towards your parents as well, or feeling some type of love towards your parents is powerful enough. And we see the positives and the negatives of that, right? Like some parents are um, maybe not well equipped to, to raise kids. And, um, you know, the kids kind of love their parents so much. They have all, all these emotional issues. But having an understanding of love. Well, let me ask you that then. It, did you have an understanding of love before you met um, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh? I guess so. I would say yes, because I was lucky to have very loving parents. Mm. And when I say very loving parents, I don't mean that they spoiled us. We come from middle class. My father uh, was an independence fighter. Uh, and he had six children. So, but he was ahead of his time. He did not treat us like the way Indian girls would be treated. He wanted us to be independent. He wanted us to believe in freedom. He taught us freedom and awareness. When we were young, I don't think I understood much about it. But today I can say when I met Bhagwan, I knew what my father was talking about. And that freedom was given us in inheritance. The values parents gave us were so profound that 
it assisted me in understanding Bhagwan. And this love, this care that they offered taught me the care for the commune and Bhagwan. Right. I had seen my mother take care of us children and father with a beautiful smile all the time. It is normal for me to have that smile. It's a very, very powerful thing to have parents that empower you and instill in you confidence. And especially at that time, for you to be a woman and lead and take charge. And I mean, when you watch the documentary, um, you, you have an effortless way of dealing with other people. You have a very, very great way of dealing with people. And maybe you attribute that to the support you had from Bhagwan or the guidance. But I do want to ask you, you know, what do you think allowed you to deal with people in a, in a very, I'm not going to use the word calculated, but in a very like poised and um, elegant way? It was, I felt we were all there near Bhagwan because in one form or another, we all loved him. And I wasn't going to judge who loves him more and less. I had no problem sharing the love I felt for Bhagwan and the nearness that I had with Bhagwan with my team, because it is the same need that I had to be near, the others had the same need. And when you are eating together, you must share the food you have. We were near Bhagwan, I must share Bhagwan with everybody. And this sharing People appreciated, I think. If they would, in all honesty, bring themselves up to say that, they would. If they are allowed to say, after Sheila bashing, the reality to state, they would do it. But that requires also courage. Mm -hmm. it's um we we saw how it played out in the documentary um you know when you when you leave something like that first of all leaving something like that i can't even imagine how emotionally sort of um how much of an emotional deterrent it can be and how much it can stir your emotions but at the same time as we've observed um by watching you because you said your entire life has been transparent you've been in front of the cameras for so long us as outsiders get to kind of determine who you are as a person. And like you said, it's our, you know, we're reflecting our own beliefs onto what we think you are. But if I had to make this assumption, you don't seem to be deterred by external stimuli. Anything that's thrown at you, you seem to maintain a very calm demeanor around it and leaving something like that, leaving um, antelope, the commune that you 
you know, essentially built. Um, what was that feeling like emotionally? It was heartbreaking when I had, I decided to leave Bhagwan. Um, three days, I have just cried oceans of tears. I listened to people telling me, please don't go, please don't go, including my own family, my brother, uh, say, you can't do this, you can't leave. But what gave me the strength to leave is the love that I felt for Bhagwan. Love was my strength. And I cannot let be my love become a weakness. And I was very clear in my heart about my feelings. I was ready for any adventure, any catastrophe. I didn't know how to live in outside world. Because mm -hmm. I was 14 years with Bhagwan and lived most of those years surrounded by him and his people. I knew how to function in uh, his community, but I didn't know how to function in normal world. So it wasn't that I was going to come into, uh, from uh, one place to a, another better place. I had to jump into the adventure and I did. And my parents both were very proud, especially my father said, you have my courage. And that was a big tribute. And I went into unknown without expectations. And by going into unknown without expectations and trying to take care of myself, that I do not come to big crises or damage myself or my psychology, I was very clear. And there too, my parents' love came to my rescue. When you are in a hard situation, difficult situation, parents suffer the most. And I did not want them to suffer on my account. So I was very keen to get back on my own feet again. It may come, but I must try. I may fail, but I must put my 100%. And I took responsibility for myself. I had learned not to blame others. You have to stand up for your own crisis. 
and this conviction I had. And it really helped me and this conviction existence helped me with to take care of me. Intuition came handy. Right. It's um it's a very, very important attribute to have as a person. To the ability to take accountability and not you know not let external situations or stimuli deter you. And um, it's really powerful. I mean, you left that experience of 14 years, you said, with all of the lessons and all of that strength that, you know, you attributed, um, you attributed Bhagavan having given you. But after that, after leaving and after um, kind of being detached from that for for so long, um, you know, you you live in Switzerland now and you have a, um, a, a you run a home for elderly people and disabled people, having been outside of that environment for so long, when you think back at it, what do you, you know, what, what are some of the misconceptions around you? And what are some things you wish you could have done differently? Nothing. Nothing I would have done differently. Opportunity comes, I would do it again. It was experience of love. And in love, there is no correction. You either feel it, you leave it and move forward, or don't call it love. So what is your definition of love then? I have no definition. It was a feeling. It is a feeling. And it was no way a trade or business for security or non-security, no. In moment, that was the right thing. And I am glad I recognized it. I could not let this profound feeling of love this moment to pass up. Right. If you can have life and death become one, then you have no fear of death and you have no fear of living life. Absolutely. Did you have, well, I think I already asked this, but Did you have a prior understanding? Because when you feel love in such a powerful way and you you said you felt fulfilled and, you know, if death came upon you, you would have accepted it. Before that, did you ever feel that? Did you ever feel anything? Uh, I have had, uh, uh, I had lovers. I had a uh, lovely young man that we were in love. But in love, I was always clear. I remember he didn't want to participate in relationship with me because at the age of 18, he had a Hodgkin's disease. 
in those days, 50 years back. And he says, Pai, I cannot put you in this position because I've been given only a year and a half to live. I said, what do you talk? Will I have a year and a half's happy, loving relationship? Or will I have lifetime security? And we were both very big on logic those days. And he says, well, I can't fight that logic. And we went and got married. And he lived 13 years with me. Together. Right. And we were very much in love with each other. But this was after you had, you, you had been exposed to that feeling of love, right? Because you'd already met um, Bhagwan by then. No? No, uh, I had met Bhagwan in a public discourse once okay. before that. And this man then I met once I was in USA. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry about that. Um, no uh, problem. I do, want, I do want to touch on the misconceptions around you. Because, again, I keep hearing and even watching the second documentary, Finding Sheila, which is from your perspective. Um, I personally, so I moved here when I was 12. I grew up in India, in Delhi. And kind of observing through that documentary, the behavior of people and how they still think about things and how they perceive the world and all of that um, personally doesn't sit right with me. Um, you know, people impose their judgments on other people. But what are some misconceptions around you? I know you probably don't care if there are or aren't. I, I don't care. I have not thought about it. And I don't even want to put energy into it. As I said earlier, people reflect themselves on me. It's okay. Everybody needs a mirror. Right. And uh, I'm not trying to get into like, you know, things that are... Um, that are that are out there or whatever just in terms of as a person and i understand your perspective that it's a reflection of who you are um we could kind of move on from that what do you think were some of the lessons that you learned in terms of wisdom because again the idea of the commune was for people to live in harmony for people to be spiritual and get enlightened and maybe you weren't necessarily interested in that spiritual aspect but what were some of the like lessons that you learned in wisdom um, from being around Bhagavan or being in that commune? Uh, I learned how to deal with community. I had a clear vision of what community needs. Maybe because I have watched my mother take care of us and she knew before we even realize what we needed. So that, uh, that learning from mother had always 
kept me ahead of myself, what Bhagwan would need and what uh, commune will need. And just to be a mother of the community was a big and consuming event. I remember one of my assistant, Savita, would get very upset when I would be traveling and Bhagwan would need something simple like changing a light bulb or something. And uh, Savita would say she will take care of it. And Bhagwan would immediately say, no, no, wait till Sila comes. So that confidence and that trust he offered me, I used to, of course, tell Savita, don't take it personally. He's probably pressing your buttons by <laughs> saying that, you know. But even in small ways, I was there for the commune and Pakwan. Yeah, and it's uh, very evident through, well, let me not say that. It may not be as evident because, again, we only saw what was shown to us. And there's so many things that being the person that was such a prominent figure in that environment that you may be aware of that we are not aware of. That's also what I meant by misconception or misunderstanding. What were some of the things that were kind of left out of either of these documentaries? Or I don't know. know. I don't know. I have not watched Wild Wild Country. Mm -hmm. I have lived Wild Wild Country. But I have not watched it. Okay. Is so it, I cannot say anything about it. Searching for Sheila, um, I think it was an account of my visit to India. And uh, there people um, have uh, called it the Karan Johar style film or this and that. It was a pure account of how I was received by India. And they want to sell the film, they must focus on uh, the negative aspects of the human race. Right. And which is why I wanted to talk to you about, I think, the lessons in leadership. Because it's very, very, you know, I mean, it's, it's like leading any other corporation. And even this commune was generating, you know, $200 million in revenue or something like that. It's very um, impressive to lead something like that and make sure there's organization and everything. And I, I wish people asked you more about that because there's a lot of value um, in knowing how to manage and, and lead people, especially with a pure heart. And especially with, you know, love being at the epicenter of what drives you, like you, you, like you, um, you said, um, I think those are very powerful lessons. Also, I want to correct myself. I think I've been saying finding Sheila for the documentary name, but it's searching for searching Sheila. Searching Sheila. And that's my right. mistake. I apologize. Um, 
we're in a different time zone. It's a little bit early for me. But um, again, we could close out with this. In terms of the leadership, besides being driven by love, was there a system that you created or was there a system that you facilitated to make sure that things were moving forward, that there was progress, the vision was being carried out? Uh, we had a lot of people who were skilled in creating systems. When we were in Pune, there I have created smaller systems. When we came to Radnishpuram, my, at, uh, my uh, work changed in presenting Bhagwan and protecting Bhagwan. That was my major uh, event. Also, uh, working with Bhagwan. So it may be publication, designs, and I had a job of bringing him the designs and uh, how the schedules we are working on it or building construction. I would give him the rundown on what's happening or the road construction. I would uh, tell him about it festivals, plant festivals, then how I'm progressing at that level. So I didn't work on the details. I worked on the concept. And the all concept had one most important thing, Bhagwan's safety, Bhagwan's well-being. The next was all Bhagwan's lover's safety and well-being. So I cannot tell you who did what. I have also last 40 years I have been away from it, mm -hmm. have forgotten a lot of people that I even used to work closely. Because I left Bhagwan, I left his people there, and I moved on to my new life. Here in this business that I have set it up, these house, houses I have set up, I know all the systems were created by me and they've been functioning over 32 years now or 30 years. Yeah. Um, and they work. They are very simple systems, which is very essential uh, for caretaking instead of creating too much bureaucracy. Still, we are forced to work with the bureaucracy at a government level. So we maintain the bureaucracy of the government level by a couple of conscientious paperwork. And the well-being of the patients, I take care of directly. And we have a very good concept being there. 
You be there for them and they are there for you. Then community functions. That is one of the biggest lessons I have learned creating Bhagwan's community, being there. You are available. Not that I'm too busy, don't bother me. No, you are there for them. In these homes, we have open offices. What does it mean open offices? We have no cubicles. My desk is right in middle of our living room together with one of my assistants. My three other assistants' desks are right in Dimens Mandir. Dimens Mandir, we call, give a lot of respect to dementia because normally in dementia, people lose person. People have no interest, but demands, yeah, is when you are in touch with your feelings. And there it requires even more care because feelings are like a gentle flower. And if you don't nourish it, it can collapse. And they can, they are mostly sitting around me and my team. And of course, we take care of other things. There is good kitchen, we have good cooks, we have good nurses who take care of the people. We have enough vehicles to take care of their transport to doctors and uh, hospitals, etc. But these systems are created by working and learning while working. Because I'm not school educated for it. This but they function. Absolutely. And this is the best way to um, kind of do anything in life, in my opinion, is to just start doing it and learn as you go. I think when you put too much pressure on being formally trained in a, in a, in a, in a category or facet, you deter um, yourself from making progress. And that seems to be an issue with a lot of younger people. Actually, sorry, that doesn't seem to be an issue with a lot of younger people. In this generation, we see them just taking a leap of faith and jumping into different industries and, and trying it out. And it's really admirable um, to see that you've embodied that and learned that from you know, various different um, sources. What is your, what was the motivation to start these facilities and to take care of other people? My parents. Mm -hmm. I was missing my parents. They were in India. I was here. I could not travel because of my legal situation. And parents could not come to visit me here and live with me because of immigration laws. Then I started seeing other old people, my parents. And then comes a 
small information and I act on that information and now I have beautiful jewels here. That's amazing. Well, yeah. I really appreciate you um, taking time out of your day to do this. Um, if there's anything you want to let the listeners know where they could find you, your book and anything else, please feel free. Yes, I have uh, my first autobiography I recommend everyone to read where I write much in detail um, about how we created the commune. Then I have written, uh, that book is called Don't Kill Him. And it is in German available and English. By my own rules is also recent book that I have written. And I think people would like it. If nothing else, they might like the front cover of it. And for those, it's a, it's a picture of you. <laughs> In the front cover. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe if they would like to see, I look good in red even today. <laughs> it's a very cool photo. It's a very, very cool yeah. photo. Um, but I'll have all of this linked in the description, make it easier. And again, I, I, I thank you very much.